Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, lawyers, and believers. And only you can know who you are. Because I want to say this up front. Like I said, this wasn't my message for today, but God is in the process of still purging and cleansing us from stuff. And he wants us to get ready to be filled in with everything he has for us. And if we've got some of this actually not being these people, but having their attitude in us, we need to get rid of those things. And so I'm just going to expand a little bit on each of these. Interestingly enough, before I read Luke 11, right on Luke 11, 33 through 38, Right before it, it talks about don't put your light under a bushel. It's interesting how putting a light under the bushel and not walking in darkness was right before talking about the Pharisees. Because who walked in darkness? Pharisees. Sometimes, as a believer, we do also walk in darkness. Sometimes we believe a lie. Sometimes we, like a scribe, writes things down. And so maybe we're scribing things incorrectly on our heart. You see how we can all become those things. So let's take a look at some definitions. So what is a scribe in biblical times? It's a person who prepares copies of Israel's sacred literature or parchment scrolls. Many scribes devoted themselves to preserving and copying the scriptures. When there were prophets in Israel, scribes served primarily as teachers and copyists. Okay, that's a scribe. Writes down things that they hear. Not what they see, what they hear, okay? What is a Pharisee? A member of an ancient Jewish sect, distinguished by strict observance of the traditions and laws. Does anybody feel like they need to be on the law to be okay? That's a Pharisaical mindset. What did Jesus come to do? Fulfill the law so we can be free from the law. All right, anyway. Uh, a member of an ancient Jewish sect, uh, a strict observance, and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity. Oh, look at me. Oh, look at me. I'm keeping the law, so I'm the most wonderful person you will ever know. Okay, that's a Pharisee. A lot of pride, a lot of look at me, a lot of colors on the bottoms of the robes to say, hey, I'm powerful and I've got, I'm, you know, I'm chosen of God. So what is a Sadducee? A member of a Jewish sect or party of the time of Jesus Christ that denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's sad, you see. The existence of spirits and the obligation of oral tradition emphasizing acceptance of the written law alone. They do not believe Jesus is the resurrected from the dead. Now, I believe a lot of us here aren't Sadducees because we believe Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. So we can probably strike that one off to the side. But isn't it funny how they're all grouped together? What does a lawyer mean? A lawyer, also called an attorney, counselor, or counselor, a licensed professional who advises and represents others in legal matters. Today's lawyers can be old or young, male or female. In the Bible, it doesn't really say... A lot about lawyers but I am going to be addressing lawyers because they actually do some things to the church matter of fact the Bible tells us to don't go to the lawyers of the world it says go to the church go to the elders and the deacons to resolve conflict not to go to the lawyers outside a believer is one who has received the truth of who Jesus Christ is, that he rose from the dead, he's the son of, 
the Most High God, and he died on the cross, was raised again, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and made a way for us to go to the Father and receive Christ's eternal salvation. Okay, that is a believer in, of course, the whole Bible is about the believer, all right? So you can read it for yourself. So what's a scribe? We're going to get into a little bit of detail here. The scribe is the recorded words. There were several scribes written in the Bible. Some of in Samuel, uh, Zadok, uh, and uh, Abathar, and Sariah, Shiva, and Shisha, Elishima, and Baruch were scribes. So there's a lot of rushes in scribes, okay? So there's a lot of things that were said, everything that was recorded. But who are they listening to? So when you write down things, are you listening to the truth? Are you listening to lies? But whatever it was, they wrote it. That's why it talks about do not be deceived by the pharisaical um, words because that's leaven. Leaven is their own way of thinking things by man's ways. And I'll get into that in a minute. <coughs> so a scribe is simply somebody who writes things down. Can you agree with me on that? Okay. Matthew 12, 37 through 39 says that for by thy mouth you shall be justified. <laughs> by what you say that comes out of your mouth can either make you or break you. That's why it's really important to think about what we say before we say it. Of course, Tom always would tell me to do the 10 second rule, but I need like 55 seconds, okay? So we are recording something all the time as believers. What are we scribing every day? We're putting something on our heart. The Bible tells us that the Lord writes upon our heart so that we don't sin against him. Is that true? So what are we writing on our heart? We're writing things like, Self-hatred, maybe we look in the mirror, we don't like what we see, so we're writing that on our heart. So we need to think about what, what are we scribing, what are we writing. So I want you to think about that and just kind of think, are you a scribe? Okay, I'm just putting it out there. How about a lawyer? You don't have to have a degree in this world to be a lawyer. Because a lawyer just basically, you know, starts to bring into existence some, some facts, okay? And it could be facts based on some lies. Titus 3.13 was the first lawyer, I think Paul writes, it says, Bring Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey diligently, that nothing be wanting unto them. So Zenos, according to Paul, was a good lawyer, because he wanted to take care of him. So there's some good lawyers out there. Matter of fact, there's some good lawyers in the church. Those are the people you need to talk to, not outside the church. You need to have somebody that knows the Lord. If the lawyer did rightly, they would be a good lawyer. But if if many of them are corrupt, then you'll know you don't want to speak with them. So Matthew 22, 35 through 40 then says this about the lawyer. This is, a, this is a funky lawyer, okay? Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question. So lawyers ask a lot of questions. And they also tell you what to say. They also give you the answers to say. But it says, and this was interesting, and one of them, which is a lawyer, asked him a question tempting him so a lot of the questions that are asked are we really asking because we want to know or are we going hmm, i wonder if they know you see how that make could make you feel and say master which is the great commandment in the law so he's asking him saying master which is the great commandment of the law he already knew he already knew the answer to that question see they tempt they use questions to trip you up make you feel small Tom said in his wisdom, I'm going to say this. Those who ask questions are lording over you, for they already know the answer. So why are they asking? To judge you to see what you know. 
I mean, some questions are great because you want to know some things about the person, you know, you know, what kind of job do you do, you know, all that stuff. But sometimes if you already know the answer, why are you asking the question? Okay. This was done to Jesus constantly. They were always asking him questions. Matter of fact, at one point at the end, they go, they stopped asking questions. Because they were just questions galore about what Jesus was going through or what he was going to do. And they were always finding ways to trip him up. We're going to talk about that in a moment. First Peter 5, we got into that on Wednesday about do not lord over one another. Well, that's what, that's what happens when we ask those kinds of questions. Luke 7.30, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God. So again, are we rejecting what God tells us to do? Maybe, maybe we don't do everything God tells us to do. We go, well, maybe later, God. Are we rejecting? Yeah. So we have an attitude of a lawyer. Tempting Jesus with questions about salvation. That's Luke 10, 25. So do we tempt one another with our questions? Do we do things to make ourselves look better and feel better? Do we belittle others? So... What are we to do about lawyers? The Bible tells us don't go to the lawyers of the world, but go to those within the body. So lawyers are good, but there are some bad. Okay, There are some good leaders, and then there's some bad leaders. You have to decide. So let's take a look at a Pharisee. And I'm going to read a little chunk of scripture, Luke 11, 37 through 54. It's a little chunk because it says everything about Pharisees, lawyers, and scribes. Luke 11, 37 through 54. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee, now we talk a lot about it in Bible studies, there's that certain person, that means it's a specific person that was brought, okay? A certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And when he went in and sat down to meet, and when the Pharisee saw Jesus not wash his hands, what did he do? Wait a minute, how come you're not washing your hands? The law says you better wash your hands. <laughs> What are we doing to each other? I, I mean, seriously, we do this to each other. We, we, may, we might even do it to ourselves. There's a, Tom put something on the refrigerator. It's a little, little saying. It says, it's the law. Because he knows that I won't walk on the grass if it says, don't walk on the grass. But Tom trots right across the grass. <laughs> There's a stop sign. What does Tom do? It means green, right through it. You know, I mean, seriously. So these are the laws. That I want to stay by the law of the land. Of course, we're supposed to, right? We do follow the law of the land, but don't make it such a law and those laws that cause you to lose your peace, your joy, and tell other people what to do. Then we're judging. We're becoming a lawyer. <laughs> so we got all this going on. Okay, so. And the Lord said to the lawyer, or the uh, certain Pharisee, now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. I need to ask you a question. If Jesus is love, why would he say this? Wouldn't he say, oh, let me sit you down and explain to you everything. He doesn't. He says, you're full of ravening and wickedness. Can we say that to one another sometimes? Can we say, you know what? I don't really agree with that. Let's talk about this for a moment. Let's pray about it because that doesn't seem right to me. But I could be wrong, so let's talk about it. See, that's how we can come together with one another. You fools, did not he that made 
that which is without make that which also is within. But rather give your alms as such as things as you have. And behold, you think all these things are clean to you. By doing all these alms and sitting on the side of the road and, and praying in all matters, that I'm clean because of what I'm doing. No, it's what's going on in the spirit and the heart. God looks at our heart. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. A Pharisee doesn't know the love of God. We do. We do. We know the love of God. That's why we're here. But again, we got to ask ourselves. The Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so, you know, we are all over the place sometimes. We just have to say, Lord, yeah, I kind of fell short there. Thank you for showing that to me. I repent. And he restores you. Don't beat yourself up about it. Well, unto you Pharisees, for you love the utmost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Interesting. He put them together. Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Then answered one of the lawyers. Okay, liars. I'm sorry, I meant lawyers. All right. Uh, then answered one of the lawyers and said to him, But you said thou reproaches us also? You mean us lawyers are being attacked too? And he says, And he said, Woe to you also, you lawyers. For you laid men with burdens and grievous to be born, and you yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. So they stop people from really finding the truth. Lawyers do that. You know, there are some people out there, not in here, I know that for a fact, but out there they're looking and waiting for people to make a mistake so they can jump on them. The Bible talks about that in Psalms a lot. They, they wait in secret, waiting for them to make a fall. You know, the Bible tells us we're not supposed to rejoice when somebody falls. We're supposed to hide that. That's a believer. And as he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to broke, provoke him to speak, speak of more things. You know, the more we talk, the more we can get into trouble. <coughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I know I can. The more we talk, the more we can get into trouble. And they knew it, and it says, they're lying in wait for him to seek to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him of. Isn't that exhausting? Yeah. Don't we have enough of our own stuff to take care of than to try to figure out what everybody else is doing and figure, oh, they're doing it wrong. Oh, they went down the wrong street. Why did they do that? How come they're acting this way? Why did they wear that? How come they hair look like that? You know, we've got all these things going on that they might accuse him. See, scribes, lawyers, and Pharisees were waiting for Jesus to say something so they could accuse him. So accusation is behind a lot of this. Birds of a feather flock together. They're all in the same thing. So are we waiting for someone to trip up? Do we accuse others? I'm just saying this because, like I said, this is a month of cleaning up the old, getting out rid of stuff that just little fragments, maybe just a little hair sticking out. You got it all together, but there's just a couple little things you need to take care of it. And those are the things that can leaven the whole lump. You don't take care of it. Do we point things out, not for their encouragement, but for our glory, to make us feel better? You know, sharing the truth with someone is one thing, but sharing with someone to make you more superior is another. You know, um, that's why it says to exhort one another. 
over ourselves. Okay, let's get into the Sadducees. Matthew 22 says they don't believe in the resurrection and begin asking them questions about what Moses said about marriage. Sadducees seek a sign. Okay, let me, let me say this to you. We all go, you know what, I'm just going to wait for a sign from God. Some of us have said that. That's not godly. He's not going to give you a sign. Now he says, watch for the signs of the times. You'll know that winter is coming. You know that the Son of Man is coming. Whatever it is. But don't be seeking out, don't seek a sign for your life. That's what the, the Sadducees did. The, the Pharisees also, the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. See, they see it. They don't have to ask for it. It's there. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. You know, sometimes when I am hearing the news, I'll go outside. Okay, I'm getting wet. Okay, it's raining. I'm going outside. Oh, the sun is out. It's sunny. I, you know, we, we just, we know when those things are happening, when you go out and experience it. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the sign of the times. Not talk, he's talking about the signs of times, not your asking for us, oh, I need three trumpet blasts and one Hail Mary for me to go do this. You know, we, we just got to know what to do and do what God tells us. Matthew 3, 7. But when he saw how many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, Oh, generation of vipers. Okay, did he say to them, Oh, you lovely little people that are coming because you know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No. He said, Oh, generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. See, Jesus is loving and kind. Is this loving and kind? You need to answer that for yourself. Matthew 16, 6. And Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. What does that really mean? It means what they're teaching and what they believe. Do not let it be a part of what you think and believe. We need to be believers. If you take a little bit on what the Sadducees believe, which they don't believe in the resurrection, then you're also in, in partner with them. You know, you're, a, you're oh what, um, guilty by association, they say in the law. Well, that's the same thing. If you're hanging out with people that you know are living ungodly lives and you're, they're your best friend, you better rethink that friendship. I had to let somebody go this week because of that reason. It was hard because she was my friend. I love my friend and I will love her. But she's got to change that because I cannot partner with it because it becomes me then. Because you know what? It's contagious. Darkness and contagious. Light is not. Light is a choice. So do we seek signs? Do we seek after signs? Again, about the leaven. Beware of the leaven. Matthew 16, 6 through 12. It's talking of doctrine. It says right here, Galatians 1, 8. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you that which is preached unto you, let him be accursed. What is it? No, wait a minute. Is it, isn't it supposed to say, let him be loved and held and held and bring him into the flock? No, it doesn't. It says, let him be accursed. And it says also, avoid them. This is Jesus speaking. Avoid them. First uh, Corinthians 5 says, Your glorying is not good. Know you that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So if I'm hanging out with somebody that I know is living with a man, and yet this person's in ministry and serving God and doing things, and uh, 
what am I supposed to do about that? Do I bring them in and have them teach in this church? No, I don't think so, because I don't want to let that be a part of this pulpit to go out into there, because it's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. It's spiritual. And I don't want any spiritual things to get off on anybody in here. If I know what's going on behind the scenes of these people's lives that come and stand here, I won't let them come up and stand here. If I'm in that position, I need to repent before I come up here. The same thing. We need to be clean here before we go there. Romans 16 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions among you, which doesn't agree with the way the Lord speaks and speaking to you in heart. And it says, avoid them. Romans 16, 17 through 18, 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. Sadducees, Pharisees, lawyers, and scribes. Does it say to make friends with them? Going on to verse 18. This is, this is amazing passage. I think it's very freeing. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. So those that are um, uh, causing divisions, offenses, contrary to the doctrine, which you have learned, avoid them. For they that are such do not serve Christ, but their own bellies. And, for, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That's why I think the Antichrist is going to be very charismatic. That speech is going to really pull in a lot of people. We need to know those around us. It's hard, it's hard to make these kinds of choices. But I'm going to tell you something. If you get rid of something that's in that, avoid them, let's say, God's going to bring you three great ones. He's going to fill up the gap. <laughs> These are leaven. If you, if you hang out with leaven, you're going to be, it's going to impact you. That little bit of leaven is going to leaven the whole lump. All that you are. Evil is contagious. Okay, so that's, that's scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, and lawyers. Okay, let me ask you this question. Any of those descriptions, does that ring a bell? Anybody here that says, you know, you know, I do kind of judge a little bit. I do kind of keep the law and make sure other people do it and if they don't, I don't like them anymore. Uh, I hang out with the wrong people, but I really just overlook it because I'm supposed to love them. Okay, we got to ask God in our own heart how to go forward in this area. Believers, it says right here, Acts eleven twenty six. And when you had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, which is Paul. And it came to pass that a year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So we as believers are called Christians. Believers do not flock with those that I mentioned. A believer is John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We are not to live in this mixture, in this complete uh, leaven. Choose wisely every day. And I, I, I say this thing, these things to you, and I'm saying them to myself. Because God wants us to be ready for the new year. He wants to get rid of what is in the way that's causing us some of our issues, causing us to go uh, on, a, on a different trail that he want, doesn't want us on. Maybe a four-wheel drive, bumpy road that we, we should be driving on. He wants us to, to smell, to, to sail smoothly. Um, so this message is to encourage you to take a look at yourself. 
take a look at that scripture. Go back to Luke. Um, um, what is it? Uh, a scripture that I just read. Luke 11, 37 through 54. And read it. It talks about all those different attitudes and characteristics. And if it rings true to you, say, ouch. That's me, Father, forgive me. And he cleanses you and forgives you and moves you on. See, that's how you get rid of the stuff in your heart. You don't hang on to it and go, oh, that's not me, or oh, that's just somebody else, or oh, I'm, I'm, not, rece I'm not receiving that. I don't know how many people have told me that. I, I would say something, I'm not receiving that. Well, you received something two minutes ago. What makes you think I'm going to say anything contrary three minutes later? I love you all the time, so what I'm saying is against what the word is, see? They reject the word, so you have to let them go. It says, shake off the dust of your feet and move on to the next town. Now, if you're married to somebody, you cannot just move to the next town, okay? You have to ask the Lord to help you in those situations because that's a tough situation to be in. If you're living with somebody that is very hard to be honest with, truthful with, and you know, you just you know you have to walk around and, and, and be real careful. It it's tough. There's a lot of people that are like that. God so loved the world. That's all you gotta know. It's like what Butch said earlier, you don't have to know the how you got there, but just the end. The end result is God wants us to love. Our spouse and our children, he doesn't tell us how necessarily we're going to have to do it. It's going to be painful, probably. The end result is what you asked for. There's a scripture that says, I'm going to get my expected end. It doesn't say in the middle. It says at the end. Loving yourself is making hard decisions. Jesus threw out money changers. He called men dogs. He told them they had dead men's bones. And he, they were uh, vipers. Was this love? You know why? You know why I call that love? He was loving himself. He wasn't allowing that stuff to mess with his life. He showed that kind of love. There are many groups right now. AA, Al-Anon, different support groups. Because they don't want to continue in a toxic relationship. Or they want to learn how to live in a toxic relationship. See, you can live in a relationship that's not wonderful and not be touched by it. Through love and forgiveness. Through truth. Wow, truth is huge. So why do I share this? Why do I really share this message? I'm talking to myself. I said, Lord, I don't want to do it. I struggled with them. I don't want to say this message. But it says, I just want to prepare the heart so that they're open to receive what I have for them. I was talking earlier, we said a little bit in, in Bible study this morning, and there are three ways that the Lord answers our prayers. He's either going to say yes, not yet, or I have something wonderfully planned for you that you know not of. That's Jeremiah 3.33. I have some wonderful things for you that you know not of. A believer knows the wolves in sheep clothing and avoids them or does something about it. David didn't let his sheep get eaten up by lions and bears. He did something about it. He didn't go, oh, come on, lions and bears, have some sheep. <laughs> he took care of the sheep. Making decisions for our lives and those around us may be hard, but it's what Jesus requires. Loving isn't about overlooking other people's bad behaviors. It's about finding the balance to know what to do about it. Let me say that again. 
Love isn't about overlooking others' bad behavior. It's finding the balance to know what to do about it. The Holy Spirit broke that down this morning for me. Second Corinthians in closing, For all of promises of God in him are yes and amen, and to the glory of God. We receive all that God promises in Christ Jesus. If you don't receive it, you might be asking differently, maybe not according to Christ Jesus. Maybe you're asking from a lawyer, Pharisee, Sadducee, scribe, or believer's heart. Like I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. There's three answers that we get when we pray. A yes, not yet, or I have something way better for you that you know not of. We talked about that in Bible study this morning, that Joseph went through a whole lot of stuff. He knew that eventually his family was going to bow to them, but it took 50 years, right? He didn't know he was going to have to be sold. He didn't know he was going to have to go through that. He didn't know he was going to be rejected. He didn't know he was going to, you know, did you know where you're, what you had to go through to get to where you are today? If God told you everything you were going to go through, you would probably have rolled over and died right then and there. You would say, absolutely not. I ain't doing that. That's why he doesn't tell us things. <laughs> he wants us to grow in faith and believe in him in all things.